Hello, 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 and I salam alaikum. Welcome to the conversation piece with your host, Akila. Hello, 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 and I salam alaikum. This particular interview was challenging because in the age of COVID and social distancing, how does one conduct a Zoom interview when the Wi-Fi is on some bull crap? You all know what word I wanted to use. <laughs> Stuff a lot, excuse me. But this conversation, if you hear it in its entirety, you will hear his lived experience with um, judgment, taunting, and inner turmoil. But He's found a wherewithal to work his way through it. Also, the audio is chopped in some places. I apologize. Uh, in editing a post, um, I did my best. I'm still a novice. I'm still working on it. So give me a little bit of slack. Don't go too hard on me. So on this particular chat, I spoke with uh, my friend AJ. Um, he was a neighbor, like literally lived next door to us. And I've known him since he was nine years old. I mean, how do I describe AJ? He is unique. He's someone that always speaks his mind. Always. And um, I did not expect him to hold back this time. And he did not. Black lives matter. It's very Black important. life has always mattered. It's the thing is that people are twisting narrative. It's just that, listen, I already knew my life mattered. I'm just, just the fact that I'm here existing, okay, it's just that people like, I don't understand why you guys need a logo. It's the fact that our bodies historically have been, our lives have been um, disposable and unvaluable. So uh -huh. we have to like almost reintroduce, okay, listen, we're people, we matter. And the fact that people can kill us without any kind of repercussions or any kind of accountability is the fact that we have to say Black Lives Matter. Black people know that we, we know we matter, but again, but we that, have to tell. But not only that, Kayla, we have to we have to talk we have to we have to speak that to our people. Um, you hear me? Yeah. We have to speak that to our people. They need to know that. Um, they have to know. They have to know um, that they are they are strong. And they are powerful and they are mighty and they can do all things mm -hmm. if they just believe and put their mind to it. I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have it in my twenties. I still was, people don't understand. If you, if you have people when you're battling, when you when you when you've been dealt a bad hand as a child mm -hmm. and you dealt with stuff as a child, if you don't, if that's not worked on, mm -hmm. if nobody if nobody taps into that issue. And you and they just allow it to fester. It carries on to the to the adult until the adulthood of that person. People talk about you, you. You grown behind man or woman, or you still dealing with that? Well, hell yeah, I am. I'm dealing with that because um, I, I I I I didn't have no help to deal with it as a child. Mm -hmm. So it grew as I. Grew, you no, know? I understand. We do black people as a whole. We do have trauma. We have generational trauma, which stems back to slavery. There are. It's a complicated issue, but. It's just that people, when they say Black Lives Matter, you always have some uh, people on the other side. Well, oh, what about Chicago? What about Chicago? That's a complicated issue. It's just not. It's Black not just a factor of, of gang warfare and 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 uh, urban plight. It's a complicated issue. 
And I'm not going to sit back here and, and down the mayor of Chicago. That is a hard city to, ma to, 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 to manage. I mean, they have years of corruption, though. It's just, it's a a year of corruption. And she just frequently, I wouldn't say she just got in, but she recently got in. So how are you going to have her come into office and fix years of corruption? It's almost impossible to do that. She can put it, put it on the right road and the right track, but to fix it? We have to address black poverty, uh, black housing. It's like, again, it's a, it's it's a multi-layered issue, but people just like strip it down to like, oh, well, black people don't value each other's lives, so why should we? That's what it comes down to. It's like, well, yeah, your life would matter if you all knew that you all matter. Mm -hmm. You matter. We all matter. And if right. you know that, that you matter, you'll do better. That's why I say we have to start teaching our people, our young people at a young age, what Black Lives Matter really means. Because mm -hmm. people, and I bring it up too, I bring up Black on Black crime a lot because we see it too much. Yes. Uh, you want to know why? Because they don't know how much they matter. Well, it's the overall factor of people, just people, regardless of color. We've, we've gotten to the point where we don't value human life anymore. Walking up and shooting somebody. Well, we have people, I'm like, people I'm don't even like, have an eye no more. We've become desensitized to violence right now. This is every other day just shooting. I like Louis Farrakhan. We got to start worrying about our own people. <laughs> True. You know, we can love everybody. We can love everybody. Mm -hmm. Nothing's gonna stop us from loving everybody, but damn, and, you, and I'm pretty sure they some of them loved us too. But they didn't stop them from taking care of their own goddamn people. Okay. The, the, Indians, the Indians took care of the Indians. They may have black friends, white, but they took care of their own too. Mm -hmm. First priority. You when you go to a Mexican household, who do you see all up in there? <laughs> Full of Mexicans. They help one get out, then we go to the next person to help get out. Right. We right. help you. Get, we help build businesses. That's what we do. But we don't see that in the black community which has to be focused on i promise to god if we focus on that generational wealth building knowledge training mm -hmm. in our youthful in our young adults young teens and young adults between um between 18 and 32 i am telling you that you will see a drastic change in the world that we live in when it comes to black people well, not only that, we, I mean, our buying power alone is equal to like, I think we're in a, if they said black people's buying power would equal, we would be in like in a top 10 as far as GDP of a country. That's how much money black people spend. But it's like, we spend it on the wrong things. We would rather make other people rich. Like I was just having this conversation with Khadija last night about Gucci, about how Gucci would never get my money. Never. You had the audacity to release a sweater that resembled blackface and want me to sit down further, um, make you enrich you, sit down somewhere. Why am I making well, you know, go ahead up here, especially up in Atlanta? Um, Atlanta, they have a lot of places. You see a lot of black folk around here, they ride these expensive ass cars. You see this? What that say? That's it. Chevy. You know, I'm just what the hell I drive. It's a, it's a Chevy. And let me tell you something it's gonna get you to the same place, it's gonna get them point A and point B. What's important? Money is not even important. Generate building generational wealth is, but to the love of money is not important. Um, you spend money on the wrong things. If you want to spend money on some businesses, right. invest in businesses, invest in real estate, build money for your for your future, for your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews. You may not have kids that can that can take your legacy, and they keep building upon that. You we need to start. To, that's why all of you here. See black folk right here 
in these ghetto ass places, honey. I can let me say something. I could not live in a broke down apartment and live, and buy a Jaguar. It's also about image. People, um, we have a thing with image. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna sit back and waste my money on a car that I that's just not gonna benefit me. I'll drive a car, that car, when I'm in a place in life where I know I can afford that car. Right. You know, um, but right now I'm working on I'm building businesses. I'm gonna drive my ass in, in my in, in my in my small Fiat or my darn uh, Kia Rio to this business meeting, getting out in a wonderful suit while they getting out in business. <laughs> You know, I'm not gonna worry about what, what, what kind of car I'm driving until it gets to that point. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with having those type of cars. I'm saying is prioritize. What's what what's what 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 is it gonna benefit you to have that car right now? People drive stuff for other people. They don't I don't think they drive for themselves. They like, you know, they people are some people care about what other people think about them, the image that they have. It is, it's, and it's, it's today's society we live in, not only driving, living. I mean, I see folk living in places they have no business living in just because uh, the area and just because they're just to be seen. I'm staying in this wonderful house, paying $25,000, a month rent in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh no. You got three people staying in that house and y'all still can't afford it because that damn house. How much is rent there? Well, I got a friend that stays. I got friends that stay in Midtown. I got a friend right now stay in Buckhead, pay four thousand dollars a goddamn month. Rent? Oh, for rent. He got another person. He got he got two of people. Got split for four thousand dollars a month with the rent, and that that doesn't even include you know utilities and lights and all that stuff and gas. Oh wow! So you sitting around here trying to prove what to people? Honey, I'm staying my head in Stone Mountain. Well, I ain't paying that goddamn much. Y'all don't pay my bills. I'm sorry, Mama. Y'all don't pay my bills. <laughs> Uh-huh. Y'all don't pay my bills. Right. I'm not proving nothing to you. I'm looking at building businesses. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be working in my fifty in my in my fifties and sixties. I want to be working singing. But I don't want to have to do what I have to do. Right. I don't want to have to do anything. You right. know? And that's what we should be teaching our teaching our people, you know, how to um learn how to uh, gain knowledge about business, real estate, you know, investing, stocks. You know, owning stuff in your name, credit, credit, the gold but mine. The credit gold. game's rigged, though. I mean, let's be honest. It is. What I also meant by us covering stuff up is also there's certain things that, as a black community, we don't really talk about. We don't really address it. Like yeah. um, we don't address a lot of um, things because of um. Okay. Being raised in, in the church, mm-hmm. born and raised in the church, um, especially in a black church, certain things you just that they didn't just talk. They didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. It was it was a shift frowned upon to talk about. Um, as if it was it was going to jump off and jump off of that person to jump on them. A lot of people learn a lot about a lot of black people because majority of black people go to church. Now, not everybody is in church going to heaven. 
that's 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 me to hear no say. <laughs> but you know, but majority of black people that was born that was born in this United States, um, especially in the South, was raised in the black church. I don't care what denomination it is. I don't care what type of church uh, denomination that she was raised in. It was was black. It was just it was known that certain things, certain subjects, you didn't speak about. Human sexuality was one of them. Human sexuality was because people was afraid, you know, because it was taking it took people out of the normal. Well, they didn't know what they, they didn't want to. It's almost like opening up a Pandora's box, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to open up that Pandora's box because they didn't. They they didn't want to be. And it was all about control, also. Control played a major factor in it. It's almost like it's almost like marijuana. You only have a couple states in the United States that made it legal recreationally. Um, There's more now, though. It's more well, a few, few more, but still, um, it's all about control. And I believe when it comes to marijuana, if they can't control it, why would they want to be make it free or make it legal? Right. It's all about being in control. And that's the same thing that goes to the church. They don't want to open up their Pandora, door, Pandora box about issues because they don't understand how they can control it once it gets out. Mm. It comes to human sexuality. Everybody want to talk about homosexuality when it's more of a human sexuality issue. In a, than, a, than a sexuality issue when it comes to gender or uh, sexuality, if you're gay or a lesbian or or uh, pansexual, we ain't getting into that. Uh, that's a lot of stuff we talk about. All this, all these, uh, it's the, the alphabet bandits. <clears throat> I mean, we're not completely getting into that right now. Because that, that's a lot to talk about. If you want to me, talk about the LGBTQIA. Now we just, just add the whole alphabet to that. Because before you, you might know as it, well, I mean, every time you turn around, it, it keeps the concept. Keep I mean, adding, I it keeps right. I grew up. I grew up with you know a concept of gender, right? I grew up with male and female. Now they're saying there's like upwards of uh, it's over ten. I'm like, how, I'm like, I don't understand it. Um, I have friends and family within the LGB community, so you know, I have. I have a certain empathy there, but it's just like it's it's getting so convoluted that the 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 situation get murky. It's it's get it's di- it's getting difficult to try to navigate through through this and try to make sense of it. Because I just, I mean, I have gay friends who don't even understand that. They're like, okay, they're like, okay, whatever. I mean, how you self identify is how you self identify. That's up between you and God. But it's just, it's like, okay, it's tricky. What I'm talking about, you know, my mind goes crazy. Um, it was about gender. We're talking about uh, I was um, Fort Myers not that big. So when you're when you're living, born and raised in a place that's not that big, you if you you don't really see a lot of stuff. You're sheltered. Um, you know, you're ignorant to a lot of things. Um, and people may think because you, you when you, when you come out as being gay, um, and you go to bigger cities like Atlanta, that you should know what you know stuff about gay people. Well, I didn't know everything because I was raised in a smaller city. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in plus, and I wasn't around a lot of gay people growing up. I was born and raised in the church. When I say born and raised, I wasn't the one that just born and raised go home. I was in church all the time. Mm-hmm. 
I was in choir, Boy Scouts, ministry, ministering training, all that I was in. So I was sheltered to the outs, kind of the outside world of the church. All I knew was church. So when I got, he started venturing out, I like, you know, and outside of high school and going to these different places, uh, job corps, um, um, college, um, traveling. So going to these different places, you kind of, you get into like a shell shock. It's like, so like just, a lot of stuff just happens and it's like, what? And they expect for you to know this stuff gay people because you're gay you know like honey i didn't know this kind of stuff when i was nervous to come out it's six seconds i was in denial for a very long time and um but i also didn't want to be in a, in a in a box and i didn't want to be i knew i was i knew because of how i acted who i was the way i was raised up the people that i was around that i was not going to even when i came out act like a lot of these other gay people because it's just because of the morals that i was raised up under um and I'm not saying gay people don't have morals. I'm just saying this is a this is the millennial generation. Mm. And when you're raised up with a bunch of baby boomer, baby boomers, <laughs> or what's your generation? Generation X. Yeah. I was raised up with Generation X and baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I didn't, I, I did, I wasn't, I didn't really hang around a lot of people that was of my own age. Um, the millennial um generation i didn't really hang around that so when i started to branch out and hang out to people it's you know that's in the, in the millennials and now now I'm, I'm 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 talking to some generation um z's um you know their mindsets are just and i'm learning from them um how to be more open-minded because i was really closed-minded for a very very long time um i was acting as if i was born in the 50s mm. uh, um honestly i didn't really um what do you attribute that to? You attribute that to your um your upbringing, your mindset. I attribute it to my upbringing. A lot of people was comfortable into comfortable in the situations, mm -hmm. in their situation, and because oh get go out and get this job, it pays good, it pays fourteen dollars an hour. You worked there for thirty years. People did that forever. Back in those times, it was okay to go do that, get a job, they give benefits. You know, you was safe. And I didn't want to be safe, but I also was in a, I was stuck. It's almost like I was in a twilight zone somewhere. I was stuck in the middle. I was trying my best to find my way, but then I was stuck because I, I I heard that I was in my back of my head from people that was, I grew up with. You need to get a regular job in the back of my head, but then I want, and I didn't want no regular job. I wanted to do this. I want to, I want to, I want to break down those barriers. So it's, I was like, it's like I was being bombarded from both sides, you know, and it was just driving me insane. Partly the reason why I had to move out of uh, Fort Myers, Florida, because I felt myself in a box and I couldn't break out. I was going to ask you, is that one of the reasons you moved away? I was going to ask my next question, but you answered it. So, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I felt myself like I was in a box. If I did not leave Fort Myers, I was going to be stuck be like them I was gonna be 50 years old and living a basic life and I just feel like God created us in this one world with this one life
Hearing your, sto- hear your story, it kind of reminds me of um, Lil Nas X, because um, he, I was reading a little bit about him, and he, he said he's going through the same thing right now, but he just happened to have uh, to release a song that just blew up and became the number one song on a hot 100 for, I think, of all time right now. How do you feel about like, Lil Nas X and how he chooses to market himself as an openly uh, gay black man? I think he is young and he's growing. Um, I think, um, I don't think he has the best um, leadership around him. Right. Um, I, I don't think he, well, let me not speak on his talents because everybody's <laughs> talent is subjective. Uh, <laughs> um, but speaking as an artist, an aspiring artist myself, because that didn't have the capability of putting out a, a record that blew up but I'm working on things. Um, um, I think for him, um, he's doing what he feels he needs to do to secure the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, if you understand what I'm talking about by securing the bag. Yeah, I got it, yeah. Um, I think doing what he needs to do about to secure the bag. Well, I think, will I do, will, do I believe 10 years from now that he's going to look back at what he's doing right now and he's going to regret it, yes. I do believe that he's going to regret certain things that he's that he's done, but that's, who does it? It's definitely out there. And there, and, and, and that's why it leads me back to Lenard's ex. Um, right. Because I understand you want to, you want to um, make a statement um, when it comes to you and your sexuality and what 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 the church cannot have on you but you have you you you, you got a platform God knows how long you're gonna have it for because right. people come in and go in this industry right um use that platform that's gonna benefit the sector that got you there gay people don't monopolize off of gay people because well, I don't think his biggest fan base are gay people. No, they're young. They're young people. They're young adults. They're young kids. They're young kids. The young kids. And that's another thing that, that bothers me. It bothers me when it comes to him. Because just because I'm gay um, does not mean I accept you doing all that stuff. Because I know who's, who's patroning you, who's patronizing you. And it's young teens. Right. And they should not be influenced by you just because you are who you are. Now, Let's just let's, let's just get this off the tape. Okay. Women, been, women and men have been doing this for years. Right. On the stage. Right. Kissing on the stage and all that shit. Ain't nothing new. Ain't nothing new. It's right. going to continue to happen. So when folk bring that up to me about, oh, I can't believe he kissed the man. What I have done it hell no. It ain't my damn business. And I don't want my business all out in no goddamn street. That's just me personally. I don't need to prove my point um, to kiss another man. On those in, in on the stage just to prove that I'm gay as hell, I, and I am who I am. I love me. I don't need to prove that part. Everybody does it differently, though. So I don't like when they sit back and they they judge him just because he kissed the whole, whole male on the stage. Did I watch it? Watch bits and pieces of it. I try to tell folks all the time. I don't care who you are because I am gay. Don't mean you. I mean I gotta like you. Your music may not be good to me, and his music is not good to me. I've only heard Old Town Road. I haven't heard. I haven't even heard Montero. I, if it came on right now, I wouldn't recognize it. 
Old Town Road was good, but he wasn't the only one in it. You want to be honest with you? He wasn't the person that made it good. You probably Bill Ray Cyrus? Bill Ray Cyrus made that song good. What do you think about the, the country industry kind of like categorizing it as not as country? Like they just like controversy, like, oh, that's not country music. Uh, because they don't want nothing to do with it. Because they, because um because you gotta understand country music stems off real deep um Southern Christian Christianity. But it's it but I mean it's a black influence. It can't it's it's a step from the blues, which is another genre that we I understand it. But if you look at a lot of God country country singers, a lot of country singers, even in their albums, still sing they still speak about God and Jesus, which is acceptable in country music because it's 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 considered Southern. And a lot of Southern people, are, a lot of Southern white folks are Christian. Yeah, I understand that. But there's also a, a pop aspect to country music. Like, country music is because it's, it's, other... it's branching out. You know, you got, you got that Carrie Underwood, you got Taylor, Taylor Swift type of status that are crossing over. Um, um, what they call it? Um, uh, Kelly Clarkson that branched, crossed over from pop to country, you know, you know, um, then back and forth. With, you know, it's, it's, it's a crossover status when it comes to them. Um, and it's and, and they need that in country music because it was funny. Don't don't nobody want to hear no fill all the time every day. Don't nobody want to hear that. We love Patsy Klein. Patsy Klein was in her time. We need to hear something different, and that's <laughs> what Kelly Kelly called it. Kelly Clark said, and Carrie Underwood and Taylor Swift are do, have done, or and are doing when it comes to country music and pop and the crossover status. Uh, but you got to think. Why do you think that song was so popular? Old Town Road. Um, because it spoke about... I mean, the lyrics are ridiculous. People, before he even came out of being gay, people were suspect of him being gay by that one song. Just because of that one song. I could see it, that he was gay. See, I don't look for stuff like that. I can't tell. If... I didn't look for it. I didn't look for stuff like that. <laughs> Hell it. Being I saw the video, too. and the video didn't really... The lyrics of it all. Honestly, he wasn't, he wouldn't, that song wouldn't, wasn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be as big as it, as it is. If one, if you didn't have Billy Ray Cyrus in it with him. Okay. And if he didn't have a machine that was pushing it. Okay. Um, honestly, it wouldn't be that big. Because who the hell was got Dylan Nas X for that song? It wasn't as if he came out with songs before that that was creeping up in the in, in the charts. That one song skyrocketed. Um, Mon Mon Montero wasn't, it's not as big as that song. But only the only reason why it made it, um, it, it it made it meteorized, he had to do something to monopolize off of that one song, because that's how you make it. That's how you make make one hit wonders. Right. If you come out with one big ass song, and you can't top that song with another song, so he had to do something that was going to catch the people's attention. The last dance on a devil, though. Said, come that on, was, bro. That, that was about business, honey. It's money. I don't, okay, let's talk about artists um, who generally want, they want to say something through their music, but they have, like you said, the machines behind them saying you have to do X, Y, and Z. Like to me, that at that moment, and then that, and it's almost like he's selling a part of, a, part of his soul. Like he, he made a deal with the devil, literally and figuratively. You know what I'm saying? He did. Like, well, he did. Devil well, well, he did. You understand? This is the time we're living in. I understand. You know? We're living in a time and I still believe in the end times, even as, as being gay, I do believe in the end times. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I just believe that um, he did what he had to do, that he felt like he had to do. And unfortunately that's, um, that maybe a lot of folks sell their heart to the Dublin industry. 
he ain't one of them. He's not by himself. I understand. You know, um, so I'm not going to single him out and saying he's the only one that's doing it. You know, to just to make it. You know, he tried to make a name for himself. He's the, he's trying to make a name for himself. So when he make that name, maybe he won't do all that stuff. Will I do that? Hell no. Just to make a, just to make money. But it all boils down to that we have to learn how to love. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to. Um, um, we have to learn just because something is popular does that mean it make it right? True. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all the support. For those of you who follow me on Spotify and don't want to miss out on any new episodes, turn on the notification button. You can also find the Conversation Piece podcast on Google Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, Pocket Cast, RadioPublic.com, Breaker.audio, and Anchor.fm backslash Akila Lynch, spelled A Q U I L A L Y N C H. Thank you for your support. You can say that about you can say that about Aretha or uh, you can say that about Aretha and, and Dion Warwick. You can say that. You definitely can. You can't compare Aretha and Dion Warwick. What are you because about? they're apples and oranges. But Aretha, Aretha Everyone and Patty, is apples and oranges. Well, not everybody. Not everybody. Aretha and Patty had almost the same sound. You're breaking up again. This is too important for you to be breaking up. Hold on. You there? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm glad you brought me here. We're gonna go and we're gonna dive into this a little bit. Just a little deep. <laughs> Look, not that we're gonna go we're gonna go we're gonna go below the surface about five feet deep and that's all we're going um Patty Bell Aretha started out around the same time in the industry Aretha started out in church mm-hmm. became popular in church before Patty Bell but Patty Bell in the industry Patty Bell and in, um and Aretha started out around the same time the reason why Patty Bell was not as popular as Aretha Franklin back in the day because Aretha Franklin had already been performing in the church and it had already had boost in her in her in in in, in her in her in her um fan base because of her father uh cl franklin mm-hmm. and um and model the king and mahela jackson you know um sam cook all of them you know they like they coddled aretha franklin okay so it, um aretha brought about uh, change um a movement in her music in her in her voice in her sounds at a young age and they was looking at that. So when she eventually got signed to Atlantic Records, Patti LaBelle was already signed and Patti LaBelle and Bluebells, which before that, they were called um, the Ordettes. Then they became the, Blue, the, the, the Bluebells, then they became Patti LaBelle and Bluebells. But because of the strong backing that was behind Aretha, every time that Aretha put out music, an album was really months they was months behind each other or in front of each other when it came to putting out um albums mm-hmm. back in those days um guess who was gonna get those um those sales i don't know aretha aretha got pushed more because of her name she and also she's the queen of soul nobody's denying that but but at the same time when you look at um vocally between Pat labelle and aretha franklin there's definitely not 
no competition there. So who has better vocal range in your opinion? Patty. Patty, Patty had a better, she had a better depth when it came to her height. Patty Bell had a sick vocal range that nobody could compare. Not Mariah Carey, not Whitney Houston, not none of them. Not even Shaka Khan in that decade. In those times, in, the, in that time, and really, Patti Bell's range didn't even get to the highest until she was in her 40s. It happens for some reason to certain artists. Their range can be lower. So you're saying on a high end, you're saying on a high end, Patti has a, um, a higher vocal range than Mariah Myra, Myra Carey. I've heard of Mariah Carey at her highest, and it, it was, it, it sounded like it could break glass. <laughs> that is not a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a head hop. I, I don't know a thing about vocal range. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let me tell you the difference about a head high. A head high, any damn body can hit a head high. I can get a damn goddamn Mariah Carey note. Oh, for real? It's another thing when you just do an all-out power and be that damn high and sustain it. Okay, who has better control then? Um, Between Aretha and Patty, we're not going to discuss. I give it to Aretha. I give it to Aretha. Aretha had a better control when it came to a soulful tone. Okay. Um, I give it to Aretha. But around... All-out singer that's going to leave it on the stage, an all-out performer that's going to give you every cent that you paid for. I would pay for a, a Patty Bell concert any day if I pay for a Rita Franklin concert. I've seen Patty and 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 performing. I mean, the woman would kick off her shoes. She, I, I think I saw her roll around. She, she does give her all in her performance. She leaves it on the stage because she believes that she says she has fans. She might not have as many as other people. She doesn't, she doesn't work for them. She works for her fans. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna pay what you're paying to come see a Patty Bell concert, then I should give you all that I have during that concert. Okay. Because she, 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 she believes that that could have been a meal. That could have been a bill paid. But you took out your, out your pocket to pay a, a ticket to come and see me perform. She said, I have my, I'm duty bound to you. And that's why I love about performers of that decade in those times. We touched on some, you know, other, you know, we're going to do it again and, and, and we're going to have time and my phone is going to be in a better place. I'll probably go sit in a Starbucks when we do it next time. <laughs> People in Starbucks are going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe he's saying what he's saying. Anything else you want to say before we conclude? I want us people as black people to, to, to I want us to start learning our, our wealth. And it's not about money. It's the wealth that it, the, it's the wealth that's within us. Nicely said. Nicely said. We need to learn that about ourselves. But until then, guys, love, love, and keep loving. Never forget to love, because it will return to you, not void. I promise you that. Thank you, AJ, so much. Um, I thank you, Akila Lynch, honey. One day, your podcast, and this is gonna be big. I've always told you to use that damn degree you got, and. Um, and, and I, now you're using it for something that's going to benefit the culture and that's going to benefit the, the community. And I'm so proud of you. Believe you me, right now it may not be uh, in a lot of folks' uh, living rooms, but I'm telling you, keep on pushing. And it's going to be in everybody's living room eventually. Inshallah. Thank you. I will talk to you some of the time, you guys. Y'all be blessed. And um, have fun the rest of your Sunday. I'm about to go get some seafood. I will see y'all later. <laughs> Bye, boy, you're so stupid. Bye, Thank you. You're welcome.
Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Conversation Peace Podcast. I am your humble host, Akila, requesting that you join me again. So until then, be safe, love and value yourself so that you can love and value others. I bid you adieu with the greeting, assalamu alaikum, peace be with you.